Welcome to People Behind the Music. Today we have Pablo Villaforte with us. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? So, my name is Pablo. I'm a Brazilian guitarist uh, living in Hamburg for five years now. I studied at the uh, Hochschule für Musik und Theater Hamburg, uh, classical guitar, and I have some chamber music projects with flute, with singer, with um, a guitar duo, and I basically just teach and uh, play concerts and do projects with these ensembles. Mm -hmm. So, um, as a classical guitar player, I assume that you must have this like soloist mindset because you don't have a chance to play in an orchestra on like winds or strings. So, um, how do you feel about it? Or do you feel like you're a soloist or do you are you trying to find ensembles to work with? You know, like this is a, actually a very interesting question because the the whole classical guitar mindset is directed towards being a soloist just because of course we don't have the chance to be in an orchestra like you said. So the whole education is basically solo guitar pieces and rarely they do like a little guitar duo and that's as much as it goes as far as uh, ensemble music goes. But here in Hamburg, um, the professor, Olaf, he's um, a chamber musician himself. Yeah. And here in Hamburg is where I found out like the, the joy of playing with different instruments that don't share the same technical difficulties as your instrument. Mainly, I think this was the coolest thing for me because it doesn't matter how hard a piece is for me, for the flute is different, for the, you know, there are different things that are hard. And so all that's left is just making music, you know. So that's the thing that I, I try to always... Um, think of myself as is a, a chamber musician much more than a guitar soloist. Not that I don't enjoy playing solo, mm -hmm. I do and I, I have my repertoire and I do solo concerts, but I, I, I'm not so driven into uh, yeah, just maintaining a big solo repertoire for competitions or something and having this as my first priority, you know. Mm -hmm. I see. So going more to the um, social media, uh, aspect of things uh, because we have contacted you from social media as an active social media user and a musician how do you deal with perfectionism when posting your music that's for me very hard so right I yeah i think i would say like most of the people i know are really they just don't want to post right mm. they because of course we we're educated to be very very critical of everything we do every note every breath before the note every basically everything that we do is wrong before we do it and I started like uh, posting on, on Instagram, I don't know, like one year, one year and a half, two years before this pandemic thing happened. So I feel like the first year was just like losing this uh, very heavy self-criticism that comes, you know, mm -hmm. from basically from being educated in the academy where, of course, you play something, you're instantly comparing yourself to the best performance there is by this guy who played in the 1960s or something like this, you know, for every instrument it's different standard and the standards are very high but i feel like uh, right now what i see is a lot more people coming into social media especially after all the concerts got canceled and people mm -hmm. started to lose some of the prejudice they have towards um online concerts online teaching um you know and just basically posting something online because you know it does it's not like the old days like you you need to have a program in a cd or something Mm -hmm. It's just something maybe that you're practicing, you can just post it, right? Yeah. And then you have to deal with that. I mean, for me, nowadays, it's really not much of a problem to just like, um, I don't know, I don't see myself being too critical of what I post because I think it's, uh, it's about the process itself. So basically, if I, found, if I find something that's beautiful one day, 
I'm pretty sure that in, in a week, it's, I'm not going to be as excited about it as I am in the day that I found out about it. Maybe I'll, I'll be more technically prepared, but not so excited. So I want to share it when it's like nice and cool and new and fresh for me and not so much as... Okay, I'm with, uh, this is nice, I started learning and now I'm going to prepare and in two months I can post it, you know. Of course, there are different standards for different pieces and uh, different types of production if you're doing it for a video or if you're doing... But especially for Instagram, I think it's a really nice tool for everybody to, to just like lose this... Um, yeah, this... Um, this very high self-criticism that comes from yeah. going through the standard music, uh, classical music education. Mm -hmm. And social media currently is a really big part of music industry right now, like promoting yourself and stuff. So do you think that promoting yourself as a musician um, means that you're a successful musician also? Or does it make you famous to promote yourself? Or if you are not promoting yourself on social media, is it possible to become successful or famous? I mean, it really depends what you mean for success. I, I don't think necessarily success is fame. Mm -hmm. Because, for instance, here in Germany, I have a lot of friends who are very successful in the sense that they have a full year of concerts, and mm -hmm. but they don't have any social media presence, you know, because yeah. they were the more traditional kind of like, yeah, you talk to the sponsors, you build your program, you contact, email the, the places you want to play, and you have... I mean, that, that for me for sure is a way of success that's actually much more palpable sometimes than somebody who has a social media presence and doesn't have the other way. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like through social media, you can, you can reach a lot of people, which is really cool. And you can find a lot of people interested in what you're doing. Um, but if you, then you kind of have to strive to know how you're going to be able to make a living out of it. Because even just to post on social media is work, you know. Uh, and if you have to think of something, it's one thing if you're just like posting, but if you see this as a part of your um, career as a musician, then it's a lot of work. You have to think of the new things that you're going to post, you know. Mm -hmm. it, at some point, you run out of the pieces that you practice during your bachelor or your master's, and you're like, okay, what do I post now? Which direction do I want to go? So it's a lot of work, you know. And if you don't find a way to... Um, I don't want to say monetize it, but like make it sustainable mm -hmm. so that you can keep doing this and not have to worry about getting a job at a coffee place or something just to pay for your bills. You know, like I, this has to be connected, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that for social media, it can, uh, there's a lot of advantages and disadvantages, right? The bar to get in is really low. You just have to create an account and, and lose. I mean, it's low, but you have to lose your shame, so to speak, you know, yeah. which is, uh, sounds low. I know it's not, but... Uh, it's not like um, yeah, it's not like somebody has to discover you or something, you know, like mm -hmm. like a big label or something. You just start doing it. But on the other hand, of course, you don't have the structure. You have to start building the structure of um, yeah, how you're gonna how you're gonna make a living out of it, which is also important, right? Yeah. And I think this is the point where most people are now. Is just that because of the whole pandemic situation last year. Um, a lot more people started getting in. So what, what used to be the basic of just you posting something and putting the right hashtags or something, now it's like basically everybody's doing it. Not everybody, but a lot more people are doing it. So you kind of have to see, okay, so maybe I have to go through some organization or organize myself with other people so that uh, I can maybe sell some tickets to an online concert. I don't know, you know, I have to find... A different way to organize yourself so I think it's a, actually a really cool moment because mm -hmm. that the rules of the game are not established yet I mean people mm -hmm. are trying to do different things and trying to um, 
create new avenues, but it's not like it's there. That guy has been listening and deciding everything for 30 years, gonna decide who makes it now, you know? It's a, yeah. It's much more on your creativity, not only as a musician, but on ways that you can promote yourself, you know? Yeah, but do you think not having a social media presence would be a disadvantage for a musician nowadays, especially? I mean, for a musician starting right now, I don't know why you wouldn't have it. Yeah. You know, because of the things that you might be able to gain, the contacts with people that you might be able to make just from being there. And um, I don't know what the, the, the disadvantages are of doing that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if you're, at, at, what I've seen is from a lot of friends, even from the music school, that are very, very talented. And at some point they just stop playing because... Uh, they don't feel like they get valued from the from the original structures that they were supposed to be valued, you know. So like yeah. for orchestra musicians, like they practice, you know, they're amazing violinist, flute, whatever, and then at some point they just don't get a job in the orchestra, you know, and they audition, 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 and they just start feeling bad, and then, you know, it's like um, at some point it's like okay, I don't I don't really play much anymore because I mean there's only so long they can try to push it, you know. Yeah. Um, energy is limited, especially you start getting older and you go like, okay, maybe this is not going to happen for me the way I wanted it. So and with social media, it's like, well, if I see myself first as a as an artist, as a musician, and then a guitarist. So if there's, a, there's this avenue that I can explore, I mean, it's a lot of work and I have to think of different ways of exploring it. But if it's there, why would I not use it, you know? Mm -hmm. Especially... If, if I cannot count on getting a job in an orchestra or something, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, some people started already promoting themselves years ago, you know? <laughs> so yeah. the train is going and we have to kind of jump on at yeah. some point. And it's like, even though they're not good enough, mm -hmm. they have like lots of followers. So it's yeah. really competitive out there. And we just kind of have to find our ways to there, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. And what kept you kept you motivated during the pandemic? Because it was a depressing <laughs> era for all of us. Actually, yeah, kind of. You know, for me it was a bit because I, I mean, being a Brazilian musician living in Germany, I always keep kind of a back door open in my mind that at some point I might want to go back. You know, especially because parents get older and brother and sister, just for family reasons. But of course, working in Brazil is not the same as working in Germany, right? Especially as a classical musician. So I wanted to always go through this, um, like I wanted to be more online than offline if I could, you know? If I could manage to uh, teach more online than offline, I would prefer that. Just because if at some point I do decide that I want to go to Brazil, it's not like I lost everything because mm -hmm. I'm not so geographically connected to Germany or to Hamburg, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was in the beginning exciting and then kind of frustrating and then again exciting. It was kind of like a kind of little roller coaster, you know, because in the beginning I was like, okay, so now, I mean, I was, I, there was a lot of people telling me like, yeah, you know, why are you posting this on Instagram, you know, just prepare your pieces and play in, in a class in Avent or something, you know, like, <laughs> or playing, go for a competition, you know, like those more traditional things. And I was not so excited about doing that anyway. So, but I was excited about people like starting to, go through social media and thinking of it as a legitimate way to consume music and get to know musicians. Mm -hmm. This for me was really exciting in the beginning, right? Mm. 
So um, I started posting more. Of course, it was shitty to lose concerts. Um, but I was excited about doing more video stuff. And then for some reason, in the middle of it, I, we did get a project accept, accepted uh, through the Hamburg Kultur uh, Stiftung Foundation. And they supported us for a video project. So we did this video project. We could buy some new cameras and microphones and things like this. Nice. So it was cool in that sense. And then kind of in the middle, because of you see the landscape changing so fast. Of so, I mean, maybe in the beginning it was uh, like, yeah, maybe there's this guy or girl who's not really good at the instrument, but they've been in social media, Instagram for like, I don't know, five, seven years, have a lot of followers. And then at some point it's like, okay, Chick Corea is doing a live every day, you know? And it's like for every instrument, there's like this huge person who just comes in the scene and has been there for years, has a huge repertoire, has a huge amount of following, and then just kind of eat up also the... It used to be like Instagram was for the people who didn't really want, like didn't really have this much success outside of it mm -hmm. to do it. And then it started to be like, okay, everybody who's also su successful in the let's say, real life, started going through Instagram and just eating up all the space. So it was, of course, also like a bit, um, it was a bit frustrating to see that, I mean, now you kind of have to, if you want to stand out, you have to run much faster, right? Yeah. Basically. Um, but then I think that, at least for me, the way I see myself, it's um, not only because of the instrument I play, but I think as a personality, like I, I like to explore the new ways that I can reach people artistically you know so it's um, if I want to do something like a repertoire or something I want to do in a different way or if I want to show it on a video it's not just going to be a performance video focusing on my hands or you know like it's not necessarily all that I want to see if I can find a new way to do some storytelling together with the music so that people I mean for me my favorite audience is the people who are not musicians right because yeah. the musicians is um, musicians are going to be maybe impressed if you do something technically virtuosic on your instrument but people who are not musicians, they don't really care so much about it. They don't know how long it takes for you to do, I don't know, in guitar to play like good legato on guitar. You know, they don't really, they don't know this. They don't really care. It's, so it's, which is for me, it's nice because, I mean, even though this is a, a tool, it should be about something else, right? If I play a piece of music, it should be about maybe the context of this piece of music or what I want to say with it and not look how good I can play or how clean or how fast I can play, you know? Mm. So this is why I feel like for me, um, this is much more the audience I wanted to reach. So I, after a while, I started like getting more excited about it because I could, um, yeah, think okay, uh, big names, let's put it like that, in, in my instrument or my area, my field are coming and they're doing this thing. So now I, yeah, I, if I do the same thing, it's just like okay, who you're gonna buy a. You know, a piano course is going to be for, you know, like some guy who just studied or Maria João Pires just released something, you know, mm -hmm. or Andra Schiff just released like a piano course. You're like, OK, yeah, you know, there's no way. But for me, I had to find like a new way to. Um, and this is what's uh, a lot of my mind. Uh, what are the new ways that I can do something that these other guys wouldn't do, you know, and you have to risk it. Sometimes it's going to work, sometimes it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. But it's it's already a lot of fun just to to try, you know. Yeah.
So we wanted to talk about your project Piazzola at the end of the world uh, and we wanted to ask you how did you come up with it actually? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a, that was a bit of a crazy idea and um, well of course if I tell the very beginning is I came to Hamburg to study and a flutist wanted to play uh, Piazzola, the whole the four <laughs> movements and that's how we, I started playing the piece. Actually. I don't tell this much, but uh, when I came to Germany, I used to say I didn't like Piazzolla, just because uh, <laughs> I was t I used to I was I was used to hearing a lot of guitarists playing Piazzolla and things, and I was like, yeah, it's it's always the same music. Of course, after playing it, I was like, okay, it's not so much. Mm -hmm. There, it's it's I had a lot of fun playing with her for one year or something, and um, well, fast forward many many years, like four or five years. Um, on New Year's, a guitarist friend of mine told me that this year was going to be 100 years of Piazzolla. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of people doing things and stuff. So this was kind of in the back of my mind. And then, also, okay, so this was the 1st of January, right? And then in beginning of February, I think it was already like 10th or 12th of February, I was just like, okay, I want to do something. And if I do it, I want to do like this. I wanted to have one different instrument play every um, movement. Kind of had the people in mind already. Asked them, they all said yes, and I said, okay, I want the second movement to. The second movement is one that we can put lyrics to. So this was already another challenge that I never did, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, and we never did. Also, with I did it with my girlfriend also, and uh, we didn't know how to do it. But I said, fuck it, we're gonna do it. It was basically, <laughs> actually, my New Year's resolution was if I have an idea, I have to do it. Right. This was all that I had as a resolution because <laughs> because of what happened last year and. Yeah. Like basically, a lot of ideas that you have and you think are really cool and yours, a lot of people are either already having it or gonna have it pretty soon. So if you don't do it, this is something I learned from my father. He said there's no value. Like ideas are, have pretty much no value. Right? I mean, ideas are pretty cool to have and it's nice if you can have ideas, mm -hmm. but if you don't make anything out of them, it's just something that you're either gonna forget or somebody else is gonna do and take the value for them, right? Yeah. So this is what was on my mind. It's like, okay, I kind of saw it. Uh, cool video of Piazzolla, four movements with four different instruments, second one being sung for the first time. It's like, okay, this is an idea, and because of my resolution, I have to do it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Uh, and we did everything in a month, and people started saying yes to a lot of things also. Um, the flutist from the fourth movement, that everybody who played um, studied actually at the Hafemtir, right? Mm -hmm. um, either is still a student or used to study. And uh, the flutist for the first movement told me, oh, a friend of mine does tango lessons, and she knows this uh, awesome ballerino has a um, dance studio in Hamburg. Uh, it would be nice if she could come and dance for us. Yeah, of course it would be nice. And we talked to her, and she said, yes, I haven't been doing a lot since the pandemic. And this was a theme for basically everything that we asked. Like, uh, people were like, yeah, I mean, uh, we haven't been doing much since the lockdown started, so it would be nice to do something. So also the locations was very similar. Like, for the first, first movement, I wanted to have Pony Bar. I had this in my mind. Oh. And um, I sent like 40 emails and just one guy answered. And it was the guy from Pony Bar. And he said like, yeah, there's no problem. But I mean, maybe Pony Bar is a bit small. We have a second house if you want to do. And that was house that we used for the second movement, you know. Nice. So this one guy uh, supplied us with like two different houses just because they were like, Nothing happening, it's just nice to have something happen. So we did this locations. And then Lucas, who's a guy who had already um, worked with us with the videos, basically the same thing, like, yeah, I just 
let's do it. You know, everybody kind of bought the idea of the project and just went for it, you know. Mm -hmm. So in the end, it was a lot of work, a lot of stress for a month. I mean, I don't think such a project should be done in a month. I think yeah. it should be done at least two months. Um, especially the editing it was like, I don't know, four or five days for editing the videos. Um, it was really crazy. Uh, also the recording, same thing, another like lucky thing that happened in the project. Um, I, ha I had played with Alejandro, the trumpet, mm -hmm. once, but not really for real, just a couple of rehearsals and we tried for Element or something. And then he was like, um, I told him, he was like, yeah, let's do it. But I mean, I never thought of, we had a room that somebody gave us to record, but it was not a studio room. Yeah. It was just a room, like kind of like a big living room, but not so big to put a trumpet in it. <laughs> and <laughs> we tried to record the first time. And I told Alejandro, you record and I record after because I thought, okay, rhythmically, I ha I'll have more time with myself to match it to his uh, trumpet, blah, blah, blah. But the problem was, um, of course, even though I told him like, okay, four, four, three, it doesn't work like that. You know, he never played with the guitar because four, four, three in the guitar is not really like a piano four, four, three, you know, there are differences for every chord and everything. So the first time we put both together, it was very out of tune. It was crazy. I was like, <laughs> and this was like two weeks before the project was supposed to be delivered, you know, like before we had, we had to record still all the videos and edit all the videos and still record the cello movement and the, in the, the, the second movement with, uh, with the voice. Mm -hmm. And um, I was desperate and a friend of mine in Brazil said, oh, I know this guy who has a guitar and trumpet duo and now he's working in a studio, a big studio in Brazil. And all he does is uh, use Melodyne to tune like choirs when they put mm -hmm. like on these online projects, they put the choirs together. Yeah. He was just editing and tuning that. And I talked to him and he instantly like jumped on board and he did all the mix and masters for the, for the project. It was just, Amazing, you know. In the end, we did have to uh, re-record the trumpet. Mm -hmm. I mean, then in this case, I sent him a guitar part and he could match the tuning, of course, because that's something I, I can't really do on guitar. Mm -hmm. In the end, it worked out, but it was a nice moment to, to learn that you, sh you should not do that. <laughs> <laughs> you should never do that. If you're a guitarist, you send first your part, and the person, <laughs> if it's a violin, whatever it is, they can deal with the tuning because hey, there's not much I can do afterwards. Yeah. That it all worked out. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, what is your goal when you produce a video like that? I mean, to reach more people, just to produce something like you told us, it's your New Year's resolution. Yeah. Um, is it just that, or do you have a specific goal with this? No, I think the first goal for sure is uh, I, I can call it maybe artistic satisfaction, just because the, I mean, some years ago I already realized that um, I don't have any musicians in my family. And I realized that this is something I want to do and this is something I kind of need to do to express myself artistically and challenge myself to do that. And in that sense, the more you challenge yourself, the bigger the satisfaction is when it works out. And actually, the smaller the frustration is when it doesn't, because at least you went out and you kind of, I mean, if you, if you have a big, big, big idea and you try to put it in place and it doesn't work, there's a lot of lessons that you're going to learn of why that idea is not a great idea in the end, you know? Um, so, I mean, for sure, the first thing with the Piazzolla was that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, this is something that I had in my mind that I wanted to do, like, three, four of such projects in a year. Um, but, of course, because it involved so many people and there was so much uh, organization to, to, to be done and so stressful, 
I mean, now I know that for the next project, I need to, well, first give it more than just one month for everything. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Also, rehearse more with the people before and oh. have this time, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing everything. Um, I mean, it, was, it worked because the people, like everybody who was involved, was really into it and was mm -hmm. really good at what they do. But for the next ones, um, like, I don't know if, this was not necessarily a goal when I did the Piotella project, mm -hmm. as I was doing it, but it's a goal for me right now to use this project and the people who were in it and help me uh, for next projects, but in a more organized sense of, um, yeah, maybe getting the funding for it before we do the project and organizing it so that I have more time to develop this idea with the people and rehearse with the people and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the end, I know that's always going to be like, like we say in Portuguese, uh, correria. like it's going to be like everybody running around trying to get <laughs> things done in the last day. I, I know this is, I, I, this is something I, I feel like I benefited from, but still, uh, just um, my goal now is to, uh, yeah, do more of such projects with different teams, just because this, I mean, as a musician, it's something I want to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's where my um, my artistic ambition lies is expressing myself in such not such projects necessarily but such ideas you know like you have an idea mm -hmm. and um, yeah it, it's it's not um, that it's not just for um, I don't know just playing like one of the pieces that I learned mm -hmm. in my masters just so that people say like oh such a great guitarist I mean that's also nice mm -hmm. but it's also cool if it's something different that like people who don't appreciate that, can appreciate the fact that like, oh, you had a concept behind that, and there's a story, story that I could follow, and there was this that was also beautiful, you know, that's, I think that's what's cool about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like as a musician during this time, we can't just apply for things and wait at yeah. home no. to get a response, you know? We have to kind of like find ideas and produce stuff. Yeah. It's also our responsibility, I feel like, because yeah. it's really competitive outside, and it's like, so many good people playing really good and applying for the same spot and there's only one spot so we also have to do some stuff yeah. I mean my last question was going to be do you have any tips for people looking out to put their ideas into reality but you kind of touched on that already <laughs> if you want to add anything you can uh, <laughs> otherwise we can just close no I don't think I have like ex extra tips but uh, I mean, it's really silly to say, like, oh, just go and do it because it's uh, obvious. Mm -hmm. But really, I think most people who think that this is a tip that they're going to need, they haven't even... Just, like, be realistic and look at yourself and look, like, how much output do I have right now, you know? Mm -hmm. If somebody asks me, how much can I show? I'm like, this is what I did already, and this is what I have to show. Because I think people are, like, really, judge, really judgmental of other peers and friends and things like this. But in the end, when they look, it's like, yeah, you didn't really put anything out. You know, maybe this friend of mine <laughs> been putting something out for a long time. You know, so like, yeah, you just have to get over that stage and it, just do it honestly, like today with like anything that you think it's... I'm, I'm sure that if you're a music student, you have much more to show than you have shown, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, we know that like if you're in a bachelor or a master's, maybe you've been studying for 5, 10, 15 years. It's not possible that you don't have like one nice piece they can post for your friends and family you know that are following you you're just not doing it because it's like you're not thinking about your friends and family you're thinking about you know the other guitarists or, or the music students and what they're going to say about this interpretation that you have but maybe that's not the point you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we're slowly coming to the end then yes uh, it's and... <laughs> the time for recommendations Yes, um, yeah, 
know, I mean, it shouldn't be like a, you know, a really important book for musicians or something. It can be something really personal or okay. something you watched recently. I mean, we asked uh, for you to suggest a movie, a book and a piece of music. Oh, one of each? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for the movie, for me, I feel like it's easier because of pandemic reasons. <laughs> There's a lot of movie watching going on. <laughs> yeah, I feel uh, it. Yeah. So, um, actually, there's an app, you know, the app called Mubi. Oh, oh we just yeah. signed in. I love, the, love this app. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's, I mean, the, the first movie that I was going to recommend, what I watched it there. It's called Dancing in the Night. You know this movie? Um, did we watch? No. No, I don't think it's so. It's with that singer, uh, Bjork. And um, it's a movie by Lars von Trier that I really enjoyed watching. It's a bit heavy. It's about a construction, a, fa a factory worker that's losing her sight, and she has a son, basically. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a lot of really cool movies in that uh, app, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, you said, okay, a movie, a book, right? Yes. Um, hmm. I mean, a book, I, I'll tell you about the one that I was uh, thinking about recommending just because when you told me that I had to recommend something, it's sort of came <laughs> on my mind. Um, because I used to read a lot more when I was in Brazil, and I really don't, don't put the time to do it. Um, one book I used to say was my favorite book was uh, Dr. Faustus by Thomas Mann. And there's a lot of things that I feel, I feel like we're living in a kind of a historical moment in the sense that like everything that we do is changing. Yeah. You know, as musicians, everything is changing right now the way that we just talked about for basically half an hour, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so this process, this artistic process, and this, like, devotion to music, uh, it's kind of one, one of the central themes of that mm -hmm. book. But having, of course, a Second World War is kind of like a background in the faraway background. Mm -hmm. And we have another crazy background. So um, I think that's a book that would definitely... I would like to read again because it's been a long time since the last time I read it. Mm -hmm. And music, uh, this is the hardest one for sure. <laughs> I have no idea what to recommend on music, <laughs> honestly. Um, you can also recommend a composer or a musician. Right, yeah, that I was thinking. Because I'm, but honestly, there's so many different things that I listen to. Mm -hmm. um, and of course... As a as a musician, you you fear to you to be judged from what you say you listen to, right? Yeah. So like, uh, if you say a pen, pianist and somebody's like, oh, that, that pianist not so good, right? Yeah. You know this kind of thing. Um, oh, we are so scared of being criticized. I mean, yeah, us, is, as a classical musician, it's, it's just, ridiculous. Yes, traumatized basically. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Let me think of something that might be... I mean, I, I don't also want to recommend something that people might want to listen to and go like, oh, that's cool. Go check that out. <laughs> you know? Um, not like a... Uh, yeah. Mozart, sonatas, you know? Let me think. Um, well, one thing that I really... If I'm being honest, like one thing that I listen to a lot is uh, trance. I listen to a lot of trance music. So if people don't know it or think it's just noise and don't like it, I would recommend checking out some of the... I mean, either progressive trance or... High, high tech, any kind of uh, Goa trends. There are a lot of Goa parties in Hamburg. Mm -hmm. This is something I like. And there's um, uh, my favorite uh, trends, progressive trends DJ is uh, Martin Granau. So you can check it out if you want. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for doing this with us. <laughs> Thank you, Thank so you much. for having me. Thank you for inviting me. All right, then. Uh...
yeah, that's it. And see you in the next episode. <laughs>